The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Cancel culture. Maybe you've seen that term in the news, cancel culture. What does it mean? Well, on this edition of Exploring the Word, Alex McFarland here with Bert Harper. We're going to talk about some truths, in fact, some Christian realities that are despised by cancel culture. You are listening to the American Family Radio Network. We're so honored that you're listening. We're going to look at a few scriptures, but uh, the bottom line, we're going to pull out some truths, Bert, that are non-negotiables. I mean, they are just part and parcel of what it means to be saved, to be a Christian, but yet they are things that, you know, let's just be honest, the, the prevailing mindset right now, cancel culture, would just as soon erase. Um, this is where we've got to pray and stand firmly on the truth of God's Word, and we can't let the uh, culture of the moment nor anything cancel out the eternal Word of God. But important stuff, isn't it? It is. And let me just share with you, we've said this before, there's nothing new under the sun. You remember when the church first started? Mm-hmm. Man, they wanted to cancel. They Guess what they told uh, Peter and John, do not speak any more in this name. Isn't Cancel culture. Yeah. They think they got something new. And uh, they've been around a long time. Yes. And, and so, Alex, uh, how did they how did they overcome the cancel culture in the Bible? They kept on preaching. You remember what they did after they told them not to preach in Jesus' name and beat them and sent them away. They praised God yeah. that they were suffering Worthy for the to Lord. Suffer. Yeah. Isn't that and something? then they went out and did it again. Exactly. And you know what? If we get persecuted in this life, and frankly, I, I think we we have been and will. In fact, some people that I greatly respect, like Josh McDowell and Sandy Rios and Erwin Lutzer, talked to Dr. Lutzer about two weeks ago. They said they believe the persecution of the church in the USA will only intensify in the days ahead, and yet we have to stand strong for truth. You know, there was a a great historian, Arnold Toynbee, and he uh, lived from 1899 to 1975, and Toynbee in the 70s, as he neared the end of his life, was deeply concerned about Europe and America falling to secularism. And Toynbee, brilliant scholar, he recognized that America, with all of our liberties and freedoms, had been built on Christianity. Yeah. And um, uh, he, okay, Will Durant and Arnold Toynbee and a number of, of historians said, look, America was based on Christianity and the Bible, but removed from its foundations, it might fall. Here's what he said just shortly before he passed. Toynbee said, of the 22 civilizations that have appeared across the years of history, 19 of them collapsed when they reached the moral state the United States is uh, in now. Well, that was 44 years ago. I don't. What do you think Toynbee would say oh, in man. 2021? Uh, the comparison of what it was then and w- compared to today, that was the good old days. Oh Alex, my goodness! Yes, know? yeah. And uh, but let me just share with you. John Adams saw this early on. 
He said this Constitution is totally inadequate except for a religious and moral people. And where have we left it? We've left morality in the sand in the 1960s when it came along, you know, this free free everything, uh, wildness and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we started headed downward. Yeah. Now, let me just share with you, uh, and, and I try to be, I want to be honest, and I'll be, it hasn't always been good for all the people of the United States, mm-hmm. but the platform for making it good and making it better was set up in the Constitution. Oh, yeah. You catch yeah, it? Yeah. And the goal was that all men are created equal in the sight of God, and not only are they that, but it should be practiced. It was not practiced early on completely, but guess what we had? We had the tools by which it could have been. Now, I came up with this. I want to see what you think about this. In 1850, there was a great, great revival. It's called the Great Prayer Revival that swept across the United States. Uh, Jeremiah Lanfear started it with a prayer meeting in New York City, and it grew. And his people would come to New York City, and the businessmen and people would hear about this uh, great prayer meeting. They would take it back to their cities of Chicago and Philadelphia and everywhere, Baltimore, and it spread across the northern tier. It did not come south. I got to thinking about that, Alex. Was God given America the opportunity then for them to correct the sin of slavery, like in the South, if it had come south, so yeah. that there would not have been that horrible, hideous war where thousands and thousands and thousands died, brother against brother, cousin against cousin, if only they would, and I say we, uh, it would have permitted God to do his work because out of that movement came more abolitionists than you could ever dream. Oh, yeah. Seeing that this was horrible, it was hideous. Some in the South did it, but they were so ingrained in their sin that they could not let it go. Now, again, but America's good because it set in, in pattern the ability to correct something. And it has been. So America is downward because what are we doing? We're fighting against the mechanism by which made us great. Mm-hmm. And it was following God, and they're rejecting God. I say they. Uh, sometimes I can't say we, mm. Alex, right. as, as a country. Uh, a lot of the citizens in the United States, a lot of leaders rejecting God. And uh, what does well, it say in the book of Romans? I'm telling you, they're headed for a downward spiral when you are unthankful and when you do not recognize God as God. Well, you know, this is not a perfect illustration, but um, let's say you've got a car, and it's a real good car, and um, there's 10 buildings in your town, and you say, I'm going to get in this car, and one by one, I'm going to drive to every building. And let's say you've made about seven or eight stops. You've not made every stop. And you say, well, because this car has not yet gotten to every destination point, I'll just throw it in the crusher. No. I mean, you might not have gotten to every destination point, but if it's a good car, stay in it, right? Okay, we have a good vehicle, and it's called a Judeo-Christian worldview. Our founding documents, the first paragraph of the first document, says all are created equal and are endowed by their creator, God, with certain rights. All right. Did our nation recognize liberty and justice for all at the very beginning? Sadly, no. Now, on paper, we said we did, but in practice, 
we hadn't quite yet done it. But by 1805, just uh, 16 years after the ratification of the Constitution, within 16 years, President Thomas Jefferson said we will not enter into any treaties with slave trading nations. By the middle of the 19th century, thanks to Christians, and it is. By the way, I just finished reading a book by a Donald Dayton called Rediscovering an Evangelical Heritage. Um, it's interesting, evangelical being the church, of course. A Tradition of Piety and Justice. Very good book published by Baker, conservative book. And um, Donald Dayton, a historian documents how the the movement to abolish slavery, it didn't come from the infidels or the secularists. It came from the Christians. You better believe it. And preachers were preaching sermons about freedom. And of course, these 19th century ministers, they tied cultural and political freedom to spiritual freedom. And it was expected. Exactly. <laughs> and we are set free through the cross. Now, here's my point. There was the, the Civil War and the abolitionist movement. And then by the 20th century, there was valiant effort to um, get rid of the Jim Crow laws in the democratically controlled South. And, of course, the civil rights movement of the 1960s that, um, you know, I, I thank God w it was championed by conservatives. It really was. Now, here's my point. Has there always been um, perfect liberty and justice? Not always. But, look, we don't burn the house down. Uh, we don't crash the car simply because we've not been to every destination yet. And what we want to say in this message is I want to call out cancel culture. I want to cancel cancel culture <laughs> because there are certain things about the, the woke cancel movement that are absolutely incompatible with Christian faith. I would say incompatible with the United States of America. And if we don't really rein it in, we're going to be in trouble. We are. And, and when we do this, we want you to understand this is completely from a biblical base. The things that they want to cancel have a biblical worldview because they can't stand it, Alex. Mm -hmm. The whole idea of Jesus being the only way, exclusive, you know, the only way to get to heaven uh, – these things come straight out of the Word of God. It's contrary to their agenda. It's contrary to their thinking of their goals, and therefore, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to discuss it. They want to cancel it, and uh, so that's the whole idea, and so we are speaking out because it's biblical. It's the thing to do. Our, you remember in the Bonhoeffer book, Eric oh, McTaxis yeah. wrote, yeah about while the Jews and others were being taken to the concentration death camps uh, on Sundays, and they would go near the churches that was close by the railroad track, and the people would be crying and hurting. And most of the organized church in Germany sang louder so they wouldn't hear the cries of the people. Mm. And what we need to do as followers of Christ, we do not drown out the cries of the unborn. We don't drown Amen. out those cries that are needing 
our help. And uh, listen, they want to put them as the victim. They want to make the transgender the victim. They mm. want to make the homosexual the victim of it. No, I, you know, Christianity speaks it up that all men are created equal, but it doesn't make everything that man does right. Right. And they want to cancel that voice out that sin is sin. They, they, that's, they, everything is relative. What's true to them, it may be not true to me. It's relativism in, oh, a, yeah. in a different way of presenting it, Alex. Well, uh, listen carefully to this, folks. Uh, biblically, and the Word of God views sin as personal, not institutional. But cancel culture, they blame sin as being institutional or structural and not personal. See, it's it's interesting, but whenever I'm speaking at colleges, and I recently spoke at a university, and I got into a debate with some students about World War II. And uh, anyway, here's the thing. They, they don't want to own up to the fact that we all are sinners and we need the personal repentance and salvation before God. Uh, by the way, Jefferson and the founders wrote this, that crime and punishment, our accountability before the law, is it's personal, not institutional. Like, for instance, if, if a person commits a crime, you get arrested, you, you can't say, well, you know, culture is bad, too. Let me go, because culture is bad. Jefferson said, look, crime is not institutional. It's personal. That's how it is with sin. Cancel culture, though, doesn't acknowledge our personal guilt before God. We're going to look at some of these truths that the cancel culture wants to cancel, but we're going to alert you and stand on truth. That truth is the Word of God. Stay tuned for more of Exploring the Word as we continue. Okay, some good news during a challenging time for everybody, and this could really help. You may know hundreds of thousands of people have already made the switch to MediShare, which is the affordable alternative to health insurance. And with so many people looking at how they pay for health care right now, seeing premiums going up or the cost of COBRA plans, MediShare has a special offer and a lot of people are taking advantage of it. Simply apply by October 30th and they will waive your new member fee. That's $170 savings. And of course, that's just a start. The typical family saves $500 a month after making the switch. MediShare is a Christian community that has shared over $4 billion in medical bills and it's worked beautifully for decades. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to get your additional savings. Here it is. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. The saying goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But Dr. Tony Evans says when it comes to your life, don't fix it even if it is broke. He'll tell us why as we spend two minutes with Tony. The temptation when you've been trusting God for something and God hasn't come through is to retreat to the flesh. The flesh is a human approach to solve a problem different than the way God wants it done. What many of us do, we've all been guilty of it at one level or another, is to retreat to human understanding to bring about supernatural results. Not understanding 
that not only does human understanding not bring about divine results, it can delay or cancel divine results. Whenever you jump from God to man, that is you go outside of God in order to bring about something you want from God, you are getting in the way of God, thus delaying God from doing what he has promised to do based on his word. You have limited God because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if you are faithless, you're not pleasing God. And if you're not pleasing God, you cannot expect the intervention of God. If you're ready to live by faith, starting with a commitment to trust Christ to forgive your sins and give you a brand new eternal life, visit us at TonyEvans.org and click on the word Jesus at the top of the page. And be sure to join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. We're talking about the cancel culture. I think they want to cancel that, that Jesus is the answer. They want their own answers. But Mm. we want to put some scripture. We're talking about the truths despised by the cancel culture that they would love to put put out of the the existence of this society. Mm. We want to read from Romans chapter 1. We could start reading several places, but I'm going to read verse 18 and following, Alex. Okay. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Mm. Underline those words, suppress truth, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Let me read through 23. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Mm. Verse 24 says, Therefore God gave them hope to something else. But Alex, two or three things I just want to mention, and then you take it away. Notice what they are. First, they're without excuse. Let it, you know, the, God's going to take care of it. But they knew God. They glorified him not as God. Neither mm. were thankful. Listen, God is God, and God is known, and God has shown himself to us, and we need to recognize him. But they have darkened themselves. Their foolish hearts are darkened. Guess what? They believe a lie. Yeah. So therefore, where does that put us? Against them. Although they say truth for you is not truth for me, but they want your truth to 
to, to line up with their truth, and their truth is falsehood, isn't it? Well, you know, Bert, if history goes along long enough, if Christ doesn't return, and if an age of reason ever comes around, uh, I think people are going to look back. All right, we're living in a time when babies are aborted for convenience, and people are demanding, angrily demanding, I have the right to kill a baby. They're saying, um, you must acknowledge that a male can be a female if he thinks about it. On which day? Yeah, transgender. Um, And and what, what they say is, look, there's behavior, sexual deviancy, and behavior can't change, but my physical body can? That's crazy. It's the 180 degree inverse of that. It's my physical body that can't change although my behavior certainly could. In California, they just made it illegal. With all we've got going on, stores, retail stores, if you have a toy department, and Christmas is a-coming, as they say, boys' and girls' toys can't be separated. And baby blue, boys, pink, girls, the cars and the trucks and the baseball bat, little boys, dolls and things like that, little girls. No, toy departments in stores by law now have to be gender neutral. And I read Romans 122. It says of these people in the end times, they did did not acknowledge God. They worship the creature more than the creator, engage in all manner of sexual deviancy, moral relativism. Romans 122 says, professing themselves to be wise they became fools. And do you know what the Greek word is in the original language? Moron. That's it. Now, it's moronic. Moronic. It is moronic. It is. And you know what? My mom and dad would punish Caroline and me, my beloved sister. I love my sister so much, and she's a great Christian. And my brother-in-law and sister, they live up in Virginia. And uh, sis, if you're listening, kudos to you. But uh, if, if ever we were playing and you know, if we said something like, you're stupid, mom would really get on us, you know, because that was very disrespectful and we didn't talk that way. But the Word of God, I'm looking at the Greek right now, uh, emoranthison, it's the root of this, is moron. And I'm not using it as a pejorative inflammatory word. That's in the Bible. These people that the wrath of God because of their sin, their immorality, and yes, Romans 1 and 2 mentions homosexuality, sexual sin, murder, uh, denying God and his laws. Uh, Romans 1 and 22 says they weren't wise, they were morons. That's right. And, and so we don't say this up on any kind of a moral high horse uh, like, oh, we're better or smarter. Look, we're just saved sinners too. But cancel culture, which right now is sweeping along history and art and speech, and our, our freedoms are, are going away. Bert, I um, was talking to some college students, and something came up, and I said, um, you ought to go see this movie called Darkest Hour. Uh, it came out in 2017, and by the way, folks, everyone, I would beg of you to see this. Gary Oldman in in uncanny manner portrayed Winston Churchill. And I mean, as I've spent a good part of my adult life studying Winston Churchill, I mean, this actor, he became Winston Churchill for this movie, Darkest Hour. You might 
ought to watch this movie. And a student said, I wouldn't go see that movie. Why do I need to see a movie about some dead white guy? And I said, well, um, your grandparents did not grow up in a Nazi death camp because of that dead white guy. Literally, Winston Churchill, and I believe he did know the Lord. I believe he was a Christian. Literally, Churchill saved the world from Adolf Hitler. Let me say here, I got to go on a tour, and part of it was looking at Winston Churchill's heritage. Yes. And his nurse, the young, the woman who cared for him, yeah. was a born-again believer. Yeah. And she you know, shared this with Winston Churchill as a young child, and there's great evidence that he—and yeah. he is buried in the— rural church not yeah. far from where he was born where where the gospel was being preached well, and, and that so I, there's some evidence that it, he, exactly. he knew the lord and he was very close in fact he was just kind of in awe of C.S. Lewis. In fact, C.S. Lewis's adopted son, Douglas Gresham Lewis, is a pretty close friend of ours. He's spoken for us and Angie and I were with Douglas Gresham a couple of years ago and um He's getting some age on him, but he is sharp as a razor. And he talks about the cookouts with Churchill at their estate. And um, Winston Churchill was not awestruck by many people, but apparently he was very enamored with C.S. Lewis. And Gresham tells me about having meals together. But here's my point. I said to the students that were very much, you know, from the mindset of cancel culture, I said, look, that guy that you're so dismissive of, some, quote, dead white guy, the world did not fall to the Nazi regime thanks to the courage and the unquenchable spirit of Winston Churchill. But here's my point. Whether it's history, art, um, and certainly our own beloved Christian faith, I'm going to give you seven realities of Christianity that are (laughs) despised, rejected, and they're in the crosshairs of cancel culture. And number one is this, that Jesus is the only way of salvation. You know that's going to be number one. Yeah. And let me just say this. um, The Bible is clear. The Bible is clear. There is one way to go to heaven and one way only, and that is through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Cancel culture despises that assertion that Jesus is the only way to heaven, and yet, friend, it is the truth. Jesus is the only way to heaven. They want to make him anything but Lord. You know, that, that, yeah, uh, teacher on certain things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how they can select and choose those certain things. Do we as Christians do that? I hope not. I want to take everything Jesus said, everything that the Bible says, and see what it says and put it in the context of that day, mm-hmm. of that day, not necessarily our day, because that's what everything is judging from. They're judging it from their perspective and have no idea of what it was like in 1850 or 1776. You catch it? Yeah. And uh, so, yes, uh, some of those things are, are just diminished in their proposition because you see how they came, how how these founding fathers came to the conclusions they did mm. in that day is I don't think in depart, apart it from God, because Ben Franklin said 
we need prayer every day from this. Yes. How could God, a nation, rise without God's aid? Mm. And they recognized that, they Alex, really and now they want to cancel even that. And and that was because of Jesus, honestly, yes. the difference he had made. Uh, you know, you and I, a couple of years ago, you and I and the whole staff, we were up in Washington for— um, a conference. Uh, it might have been the big pastors' conference, and I don't know if you remember, but you and I had the privilege. We broadcast from the Bible Museum a yes, day or two. Never forget that. And um, we went down to the rotunda of the Capitol with David Barton. Oh my goodness, what a privilege that was! There are these big paintings that encircle the rotunda, uh, fifteen feet by about twenty-two feet, painted by a man named Trumbull. And certainly some of you listening, you know what I'm talking about, these incredible pictures. But there is a a painting of when they're um, having the the Constitutional Convention. And, of course, there's there's Benjamin Franklin and John Adams and um, Thomas Jefferson and all these people as they're writing the Constitution. David Barton was explaining the background of so many of, of these people. And John Adams, the chief architect of the U.S. Constitution, I'm sorry, James Madison, uh, fourth president, James Madison. And David Barton pointed out, he said, you've got to understand the people in this painting, sure, they they were led by God. They They courageously declared independence from Britain. They fought the revolution. Then they drafted this constitution and our Bill of Rights and our liberties. And Barton says, look, you've got to understand this is one of the most well-read, literate, frankly wise and humble, pious gatherings of people in world history. They, for one thing, they were intimately familiar with the Bible. And then they, they had read some of the great thinkers like John Locke and, and others and uh, uh, Gladstone oh, and, and yep. Blackstone. So when James Madison, he lived 1751 to 1836, he wrote this as they wrote the Constitution under which we still live. He said, quote, we have staked the whole future of American civilization, not on the power of government, far from it, but on the capacity of each and every one of us to govern ourselves according to the Ten Commandments of God. And yet cancel culture wants to put an end to all this. So I want to move on. Number one, cancel culture pushes back against the idea that Jesus is in the way of salvation. Secondly, cancel culture bristles at the reality that the God of the Bible is the only true God. Um, Hey, I I love, you know, because I talk about it so many times, but the Ten Commandments movie, Cecil B. DeMille, Charlton Heston. But Yul Brynner plays Ramses of Egypt. And when the plagues have happened and the death angel, and finally, grudgingly, he's gritting his teeth, but Yul Brynner says, Moses God is God. I want to tell you, friend, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Uh, Don't do it on the other side in a state of condemnation. Do it today and experience salvation. But the God of the Bible, friend, is the only true God. You know, you want to come to that decision just in calmness and deliberation. But like those that were on the ship with Jonah, as they saw the sea and the and billowing, and they said, who has sinned 
And uh, they knew it was Jonah said, I'm, I'm your guy. God's doing this. And threw him overboard in those calmness. And you remember what they did? They worshiped the God. You know, there's going to be a time of worship. You know, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. The whole idea is when and where. Do it now. But the cancel culture, no way, no way. God is not God in there. And it's little G. They, mm-hmm. they, they are, aren't they their own gods? Yeah, it, yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, Isaiah 45, 22, the Lord said this, quote, Look unto me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. End of quote. You know, number three, cancel culture does not like this, but this is reality. There is no salvation without repentance from sin. I mean, Billy Graham said this, that uh, God can forgive any sin. He will overlook no sin. Now, God wants to save you from sin. God will not save you in sin. You know, it's not, um, I want I want Jesus plus all these behaviors that I refuse to change from. Isn't that what Paul said in Corinthians 6? He says, and such were some of you. Yes. And it has a whole list of sinners and their sin that was given there. And such were some of you. He said in Second Corinthians, it says, you're a new creation. The old have passed. The new has come. Uh, Alex, uh, mm. what God does is cancel yeah. Our sin yeah. in the blood of Jesus Christ. Now that's a cancel culture. I could be I'll okay guarantee with. Guarantee you, I live yeah. with that one. Can't, but they don't like. They want to cancel that. Yeah, uh, you know, four times there's a past tense verb were. All right, let me read First Corinthians six nine through eleven that you reference. Do you not know the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And there's all these lists of sins. But as such, were some of you, but you've been washed, justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. Not are, but were. Past him. Praise God, he changes things. For God of the universe to come into your life and not change your life is impossible. Hey, we're going to be back with some more of these truths that the cancel culture wants to cancel. In his image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true. And if it's not true, then it should be actionable. Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming, our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA Streaming is coming in November. Learn more at AFA.net. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. We live in a day when churches are filled with people ready to hear and receive God's mercy. Unfortunately, however, it is often accompanied by a de-emphasis or concealment of the truth of God's word. Paul, the salvation by grace through faith apostle, was asked, 
If salvation is solely a product of grace, what benefit then does the law provide? Paul responded, without the law, I wouldn't have known God's righteous standard and how far away from it I was. Any presentation of God's mercy, absent God's truth, is no gospel at all. Iniquity is purged by mercy and truth. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. Jesus said in John 11, verses 25 and 26, Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. A fisherman in the Philippines cast his line from a pier. He yawned really big, and believe it or not, a fish jumped out of the water into his mouth and down his throat. He suffocated and died. We really can't choose when or how we die. But if you choose to trust in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, even when you die, you'll live again. And if the Lord Jesus returns before you die, you'll never die. Physical death isn't the end of life for the believer in Jesus. Be encouraged by that today. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow weak or discouraged before he has established justice on the earth. In his law the islands will put their hope. Isaiah 42, 3 and 4. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. We're so glad you're listening. By the way, if you want to email us with a Bible question, uh, you can send that into word at AFR.net. Also, on AFR.net, you ought to check out the website. First of all, there's a station map, and you can find out where there is a station near you. But um, it streams online, and you can listen to archive shows, not only Exploring the Word, but just, oh, goodness, everybody, there's so much good programming on AFR. And you can send a link to somebody. Maybe one of these shows you feel like, you know, hey, my, my friend might enjoy listening to that, or that would be beneficial. Then you can forward those links and downloads and that kind of thing. And um, I do want to say one last thing. Bert and I are pretty excited that we are premiering the book we wrote on 100 Bible Questions and Answers, and it's available at the AFA store, published by Broad Street Publishing out of Minnesota. We're so honored. And because you all, many of you listening, you helped in the creation of that book by, by asking questions. And uh, anyway, a lot of good resources whereby we can present, explain, and defend the faith at this time. We're talking about cancel culture. Cancel culture, they don't like that Jesus is the only way of salvation, that the Bible, the God of the Bible is the only true God, or there's no salvation without repentance. But number four, uh, I'm going to say this, and boy, cancel culture doesn't like it. Okay, about those Ten Commandments, they're still in the Bible, they're still written on every heart, and they're still in effect, aren't they? They're still real. 
Yes. They have, God hadn't canceled the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Now, man may want to, and they're not even suggestions, as it was said about 30 or 40 years ago. No, they're what? Commandments? Yeah. Uh, I learned something, you know, in English one day. You had those different words, you know, different things and sentences, structures, and some of them are commands. Yeah. These are commands. Do you know what? I was in a public school to speak, and I was going down a hallway, and I saw on the uh, wall, cinder block wall, the outline of what was some adhesive. Now, you you might have seen like liquid nails or some adhesive, and there was this outline and I thought I knew what it was. I said, "What? what's that, the residue of this adhesive? And they said, well, we had a plaque there. You used to have a plaque of the Ten Commandments, but they made us take it down. And my heart sank because, by the way, another show for another day, the First Amendment that prohibits the establishment of any one religious denomination, it's been construed in our day, to mean the abolition of all moral boundaries. And it it shouldn't mean that at all. But I want to say to cancel culture, God and his Ten Commandments that are the moral boundary lines for civilized society, they're still in effect. When Moses broke them the first time, they were so important, he did it the second time. They were still the Ten Commandments. But you remember he comes down and breaks them? God says, these are so important, I can't let that lie. I've got to do it again. And so God did this, and these are God's. And, and Alex, I always try to bring this up because I believe it. They were never given by which somebody could be saved. Right, right. But notice when they were given. They were given right before they were to go in to the promised land. Now, they deserted God and left God at Kadesh Barnea and wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. But again, right before they were going to the promised land, guess what God did? In the book of Deuteronomy, which means second law given. He gave the Ten Commandments once again. Why? This is the way you govern yourself. This is the control. Man has a a natural bent towards sin, and these Ten Commandments not only help to let us see how we have sinned, but they're also important to govern a society. And, hey, they took the Ten Commandments out of the schools. Look what they've replaced it with. And it's it's much chaos and hurt and anger so much more since they've said, no, we reject this. And it is a rejection. Well, the fifth truth hated by cancel culture is this, that the church, that's all saved people, Christ's church are to follow Scripture and not conform to the popular trends of the world. We, the church, if you're a believer, we are to follow Jesus Christ and his word, and we are not to conform to the culture of the world. Let me say this. No Christian church can do a gay wedding. No Christian preacher can, can go along with critical race theory and the idea that it's a sin to be born a Caucasian. Uh, welfare, socialism, Marxism, paying people not to work, paying people and legalizing drugs. And now I just I was just reading an article uh, on the West Coast. They're wanting to legalize, it was marijuana, now the psychedelic drugs like LSD. And I'm thinking, as, as much trouble as our nation is in, oh, that'll help. Let, let's make hard drugs legal. My point is this. 
Chuck Colson, who was a personal friend, and I was asked to come to his funeral and sit with his family, which I did, Colson would say, God's church is the conscience of the culture. Now, friend, we've got to stand for truth. Um, people might not understand it. They may be critical. Uh, and lovingly but unflinchingly, we the church are not to conform to the trends of this fallen world. Alex, and we can do it in love. And what I mean, truth should always be presented what? Speak the truth in, in love. love. Yeah. And how do you do that? You do it with passion. You don't do it with hatred. Right. You don't say, oh, God hates you. No, God cares for you. He even loves you, and he's loved you so much to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you and the church following that. In place of accepting these things, the church should put them in the place that God puts them in, and he says, turn ye from them. Mm-hmm. God wants to us to turn from them and turn to him. I know we've referred a lot to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Such were some of you. I mean, they had turned, in other words, repented, and turned from and turned to. Uh, you and I answered some questions uh, uh, that people call ask about what does it mean to you know, seek the face of God. Right, yeah, and you right. made the comment that the next thing that follows that might tell you a little bit and turn from their wicked ways. Yes. That's exactly what the church should do. We turn from the wicked ways of the world, not the way the world is doing it and accepting the world. We turn to God and do it his way. Yes. What does God say about this? What does God demonstrate toward us? What did Jesus do? You remember that WWJD? Oh, yeah. I I've mean, bring had... it back. What would Jesus what would do? Jesus do? What would he say? Uh, and I want to do that. And and I want to say this, too. Jesus, in John 10, 35, Jesus said the Scripture cannot be broken. And in Psalm 132, God says, My word have I exalted above my name. So Jesus is popular, you know, but a lot of people have this idea that he's this nice, spiritual, kind of kindly hippie or something. No, l- let me tell you something. If it's of Christ... It will be in harmony with the Bible. And if it contradicts the Bible, that is not of Christ. And so I'll tell you the sixth truth, hated by cancel culture, but it is a reality and you can't get around it. And it's this, that nations suffer when they reject God and truth. If we think we can reject moral boundaries— and God's word, live lawlessly, defund the police, parents have no rights, transgenders. If we think that we can live any which way and not have repercussions, we're lying to ourselves. Bert, let me, I saw a video on YouTube of a big truck, like a four by four, and there was a car, and I guess it was an intersection, they had a bump up, but somehow or another, this little car got their hood hooked on the rear bumper of this big truck. It was a pretty big four by four. And um, anyway, the guy in the car was angry. Maybe the guy in the truck was, but you can't see. But anyway, so the truck starts to drive away, and the car starts to go in reverse, and the engine is screaming. The truck is not having any trouble at all because it's the, the bigger vehicle. And the guy in the car is angrily going through the gears, and I thought, uh, uh, oh, buddy, 
uh, your little four-cylinder is no match for that big V8. You're not going to pull the truck your way. The truck's going to drag you its way. And finally, the whole front end of this car gets ripped off because, um, let me say, between the 4x4 and the little car hung up, the truck was definitely the bigger animal. Now, here's my point in sharing that. Um, you are not going to overthrow the eternal word of God. You are not going to erase the, mound- the moral boundaries God has woven into reality. And, and all of this homosexuality, deviancy, abortion, transgenderism, lawlessness, relativism, you've got to understand we are drinking the, the toxic Kool-Aid of 40 years of Hollywood versus 6,000 years of human history, the Word of God, and the eternal righteous nature of Almighty God. That is a battle that this fallen world simply cannot win. If the foundations be destroyed, what will the righteous do? And the foundations that God set in place is very evident. Marriage Mm. between, guess what? A man and a woman. Children born into that family where not fatherlessness, but father and mother, not motherless, but a father and mother is best. Yes. Those things are are real, and God set it in, in motion that this is the best way. Man, when he deviates from that, the nations suffer, individuals suffer. A good illustration of that is in the book of Judges, the last three chapters of Judges, uh, these this man comes to town, you know, and it's given over completely to homosexual activity. And it's the Bible makes it very plain. It's a new man in town, and they want to know him and not just have a conversation. And uh, this guy that protected him sends his daughter out to these men. That was his way of correcting it. Even in the correction, it was wrong. And to make a long story short, it is chaos. It is death. It is wrong. Mm -hmm. Guess what the line? There was no king in Israel, and everybody did what? That which is right in his own eyes. Now, what is another name for that? Relativism. Mm. Wokeness. If you want to see wokeness, Look at the last chapters of the book of Judges, and you will see it on display. And so nations that suffer when they turn away from God, that those three chapters illustrated as well as sure. any that I've ever read in the Bible, Alex. Well, the final truth hated, despised by cancel culture, not only Jesus and the Bible and the Ten Commandments, but I'm just going to say this, and th- this is truth despite how much the world might push back against it. But this, listen, God doesn't grade on the curve and no one gets a free pass. You know, um, there is no such thing as spirituality. You're either saved or you're lost. You're either born again or you're dead in your trespasses and sin. Fame won't set you right with God. Riches, maybe you've got... X number of followers on social media. Maybe you're, you're just by whatever the world says, you've made it. Let me say this, friend. Um, you don't go to heaven by being a good person because actually none of us are good people. We're lost. But, however, the good news is if you will turn to Christ, and only this can save us from the McCarthyism of cancel culture, and that's what it is. G- acknowledge and say, Lord Jesus, you are righteous and I've sinned. 
I'm unrighteous. But I believe Jesus died on the cross, and Lord, please save me. Uh, Bert, the legacy of relativism. Um, I had a sixth grade teacher, and I just got a call that she passed away. And looking back, I remember in sixth grade, she was really different. She was big on evolution. And Charles Darwin, and even though I was out in the country, Pleasant Garden Elementary School, my sixth grade teacher, although I didn't know the word, she was really kind of new agey. And she, her teaching methods were very, very um, unusual. Well, years and years and years go by, and Angie and I are going to move to Colorado because I was going to work for Dr. Dobson. This is 20 years ago. So we had a big yard sale. Well, uh, there's a lady looking at our stuff, and she was in a tie-dyed shirt with a big pot leaf on it, a big marijuana leaf. Well, lo and behold, it was my old sixth-grade teacher that I had not seen in forever. And I said, uh, hey, um, I'm Alex, and you were my teacher. And she goes, yep. And I, and I said, I wrote a book because at that point I'd written my first book. And I said, I, I wrote this book about the Bible, and could I give you one? And she said, I wouldn't read it. And I said, really? And I, I said, well, I thought one of your students got published. You might want it because I remember your class. And she goes, no, I know. I know you're a youth pastor. You And we talked. And I, um, anyway, I didn't get to lead her to Christ. A friend of mine called me a week ago, and he said, do you remember this lady? I said, oh, yeah, she was my sixth-grade teacher. He goes, um, yeah, she died. And I said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. And he said, you know, at the Pleasant Garden Town Council, we always opened in prayer, and she got that ended. He said that she was threatened to sue, going to get the ACLU and all this stuff. And I thought, what a legacy to be remembered as the person who got prayer ended at the town council meetings. The reason I'm saying that is because, look, people leave a legacy. Cultures leave a legacy. I pray to God that what we as America leaves in our aftermath is godliness and the message of salvation. But we're on a track right now to leave a dark, bleak legacy. May God save us from it. Absolute truth does not change. It's true anywhere, anytime, under all circumstances. Relativism, your truth, my truth, what difference does it make? One of these days, you'll know the truth. But know the truth now of Jesus Christ, and He will set you free. That's the message. Don't cancel Him. Cancel the sin that so easily besets us. In 